Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring a salute to Fred Allen and the complete cast of Allen's Alley. This first visit with Alan Zelly was originally heard June 6, 1945, and features Kenny Delmar as Senator Claghorn, Minerva Pius as Mrs. Nussbaum, and Parker Fenley as Titus Moody. What is your question tonight? Was your family income higher in 1944? And if it was, what accounted for the increase? Shall we go? As the nostril said to the Kleenex, I think I'll blow. <laughs> Ah, something tells me the senator's home. I smell chiplings cooking. Somebody, I say, somebody now. Yes, I know. Ah, Claghorn's the name. Senator Claghorn, that is. You don't have to... I'm from the South. The only candy I eat is cotton candy. I don't care what you... I've seen Gone with the Wind 72 times. Look, I don't care... When I'm in New York, I refuse to drive through the Lincoln Tunnel. Now... Now, look, Senator. Now, what's eating your son out with well, it? Well, I just would Your like... jaw keeps wagging, but nothing comes out. Well, I don't get it. You're like Charlie McCarthy without Edgar Bergen. Well, if you just give me a chance... Regular to... dummy. Dummy, that is. Now, wait a minute. I... Put me down off your knee, Senator. Now, what about families earning more money in 1944? Well, it ain't what people earn, son. It's what they can keep. You mean... Most people end up with nothing. It's the law of averages? It's the Ways and Means Committee. The Ways and Means? If you've got means, they'll find ways to get it. <laughs> so long, son. So long, that is. So long, Senator. Uh, don't forget, vote for, I say vote for Jefferson Davis. I'll write him in. <laughs> Well, you can tell the senator's doing a whale of a job. Instead of a cane, he carries a harpoon. Oh, well, let's see if Titus Moody is here. Howdy, Bob. Well, <laughs> you, don't, you don't look so well tonight, Mr. Moody. No. Well, you have sinus trouble. Yeah. When I was a little boy, my mother used to pick me up with the nose. <laughs> Your mother picked you up by the nose? I had small ears. Oh, I... <laughs> well, I, uh, I couldn't see your ears. You have your ear laps on there. Yeah, I've been out chasing my wife. Chasing your wife, huh? My wife had a dog biscuit, accidental. Ate a dog biscuit? Yeah, last two nights. Uh-huh. She's been running up and down the road barking at strangers. Well, about these uh, higher wages, how did, uh, how did you do in 1944? Only made one deal. One deal, huh? Yeah, in January, I bought a pig for $8. I see. Fed the pig $12 worth of swill. Yeah. $20 worth of mash. Yeah. December, I sold the pig for $40. Now, wait a minute. If you bought the pig for $8, spent $12 for swill, that's $20. 
$20 more for mash, that's $40, and you say you sold the pig for only $40. Yeah, I didn't make no money. No? No, but I had the use of the pig all the year. So long, Buck. <laughs> Well, Mr. Moody will never know enough to bring home the bacon, I guess. Let's see what happens at this next door. No. Oh, Mrs. Nussbaum. You are expecting maybe Rafa and Yussel. <laughs> Tell me, Mrs. N., did your family make more money in 1944? Money is all over. Oh, really? In the closets is money. Closet. And the shelf is money. The cat, a little pussy, is sleeping on money. Well, were you, with all this money, were you and uh, Pierre both working? I am welding with overtime. Oh, welding, huh? Pierre is working in the shipyard. Fine. He is a funnel sealer. <laughs> a funnel sealer? Yes. When our ship is finished, uh-huh. Pierre is sealing up the funnel. Well, why should he seal up the funnel? If nothing is in the funnel, yeah. smoke can go out. Oh, I <laughs> Well, what happened to all this money you made? Pierre is buying a filling station. Good, a filling station. Pierre's gasoline heaven. Gasoline. <laughs> Open 23 hours a day. 23 hours? Why not 24? A man has to sleep. Oh, <laughs> Pierre ran the whole station alone. And what service he is giving. You mean when a car drove up? Pierre is running up and combing the raccoon tail on the radiator cap. <laughs> Next, with a squidgy, he is cleaning the windshield. Good. He is waxing the chassis, uh -huh. putting air in the tires, Good. polishing the fenders. I see. And for the driver, he is shining the shoes, pressing the suit, and blocking the hat. Hey, with that service, Pierre must have made a fortune. In two months, he is broke. <laughs> broke? Pierre is so busy combing, cleaning, waxing, shining, and pressing. Yes? He is forgetting to sell gasoline. And today? He is still calling it Pierre's gasoline heaven. Uh-huh. But the business is going to... I see your point. Thank you. <laughs> January 25th, 1948, the question was, were you a junior prodigy and did you display any exceptional talents as a child? So now let's once again go to Alan's Alley. Ah, uh, it's good to get back to Alan's Alley, Kenny. Well, I guess the Senate has been rehearsing a speech. The hot air has warped the uh, Venetian blinds in that front room there. Oh, well. Oh, well, let's knock. Somebody, I say, somebody put the knuckles to my wood. Oh, it's you, son. Yes, Senator Clark. Well, let's go, son. What's on your mind? I'm busier than the pee in the traffic cop's whistle when the light is changing. <laughs> you, 
you're busy. Well, now that Eisenhower ain't going to run for president, I'm getting Harry's campaign started. Oh, well, how? I'm working on a song. Oh, really? How does your uh, campaign song go? Let me keep my home near the Capitol Dome. It is there my affections I'll fasten. In this year, 48, oh, how I would hate to move out for Dewey or Stassen. <laughs> home, home near the dome with Bess and Margaret and me. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word except from the GOP. <laughs> A little boost and you would be on the hit parade. Tell me, <laughs> tell me when uh, when uh, you were a child, Senator, did you possess any unique talents? Well, son, when I was two years old, my pappy locked me into a room. I see. On the floor were some oats, a whole roast beef, and a stack of money. Yeah. When pappy opened the door, if I was playing with the oats, he knew I'd be a farmer. Uh-huh. If I was eating the roast beef, I'd be a glutton. Yeah. If I was playing with the money, I'd be a banker. What happened when your father came back? I had the grain in one hand, the money in the other hand. I was sitting on the roast beef, helping myself to the gravy. So? <laughs> pappy knew I'd be a politician. So long, son. Go on, Eddie. Senator still has some of that gravy on his vest, I notice. Oh, well, let's see if Mr. Moody's still up. Howdy, bub. Say, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Moody, you're trembling. I'm so mad, if I was a bull, I'd snort. What, uh, something happened? Well, about six months ago, a shopper drove up to my place in a trailer. Yeah? Trailer that was shaped like a big foot. Oh, really? He claimed he was Dr. Belrose, the bunion baron. The, uh, the bunion baron, eh? Sold me two bottles of Belrose's bunion balm. What? <laughs> what happened? Well, sir, the first night I rubbed the bunion balm on my feet... Yes? Two bunions come off in my hand and my big toe dissolved. <laughs> That, uh, that was six months ago? To the day. I see. <laughs> Today, the same fella come around again. He's selling bird's eye swill for hogs. And, uh, you, uh... You, uh... You recognized him? You recognized him? I says, I know you, Belrose, you scheming Jasper. Haul your lard off my land. Yeah, haul his lard, eh? Yeah, uh, he says, I'm bad news, Rube. I'll bunch you. You'll bunch you? Well, you didn't let him get away with that. Not your Uncle Dudley. Yeah. Oh. Good, good. I says, why, Belrose, you old sweat. I says, I'll knock you on your fritter. <laughs> what did he say to that? He went whiter than a flounder's belly in the moonlight and drove off. Tell me, Titus, did you as a child possess any unusual talents? Why, when I was frying size, a yeah. gypsy, she read my palm. A gypsy, huh? Yeah, the gypsy says, this boy will grow, but when he stops growing, he won't amount to much. Well, do you, uh, <laughs> do you think you will ever amount to much? I can't tell. I ain't stopped growing yet. <laughs> so long, Bob. <laughs> Let's try, let's try, let's try this next door. Howdy, 
you, Chappy. Ah, Mrs. Nussbaum, is that a say? Is that a theater program you have there? Yes, I'm seeing from London the a la carte opera company. <laughs> you, uh, you mean the doily card? They are singing Gilbert and Solomon. <laughs> which uh, which opera did you see? The Pirates of Pincus. The Pirates. <laughs> Up a little mystic Say, that's very, very, very catchy. Friends are telling me I'm singing like the Andrews sisters. Really? The uh, the three Andrews sisters? The fourth one, she's working in Bloomingdale. <laughs> oh, I see. In the basement. Oh, fine. In men's, in men's underwear. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> they mention my name. I shall if I go over. <laughs> Under the counter, she's hiding special union suits. Special, special union suits? In the back, they are double-breasted. Oh. <laughs> For this weather. Well, tell me, tell me, Mrs. Nussbaum. <laughs> As a baby, were you exceptionally bright? When I am a teensy-weensy, I am dancing. As a little baby, you dance? In the cradle, I'm bunny-hugging, also trotting the turkey. Trotting the turkey, you... Later on 2nd Avenue, by Arthur Moskowitz, up one flight, I'm taking lessons, ballet. Oh, the ballet lessons. This is on the toes. Uh Uh-huh. I'm spinning with Shapirouettes. Shapirouettes. (laughs) All day long on my toes, I'm dancing. I see. Today, instead of a nobody, I could be in short skirts, Outstanding. Well, what uh, what ruined your career as a toe dancer? A heel. <laughs> a heel? Mine husband, Pierre. Oh, I <laughs> Well, that brings us to Mr. Cassidy, Sandy. Let's see. Let's see what Ajax is up to. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? Well, Mr. Cassidy, how are you this evening? Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. I feel like Toomey the taxidermist's horse. Really? How come? Well, Toomey's horse had a splitting headache for 20 years. Why couldn't he get rid of it? Who could a horse ask for an aspirin? (laughs) Only maybe another horse. Well, that's true. And if the other horse did give him an aspirin, how could he open one of them little boxes with them big hoofs in? Well, what, what finally happened to the horse? Well, he started to worry. And he died of an ulcer, rest his harness. Oh, the horse died, Oh, huh? Toomey, the taxidermist, wanted to stuff the horse and keep it for a little memento. He stuffed the horse? Toomey had to buy 30 Murphy beds and rip out the insides to fill up that horse. Really? <laughs> he had to put in two bass drums to bulge out the hips. Where is the horse now? Toomey has the horse in his parlor next to the piano. Oh, really? Yes. The horse has a glass saddle. A glass saddle? It's used as an ashtray. Oh, an (laughs) ashtray? But tell me, Mr. Cassidy, were you a child prodigy? Me boy, I was subnormal and proud of it. (laughs) Uh, All of them child prodigies come to no good end. Well, how do you mean? Well, now, take Nipper Mulcurn. As a boy, 40 years ago... Nipper was the Irish Joel Kupperman. Oh, really? His hobby was figures. Mathematics? Oh, Nipper could add and subtract. He could do Long's Division. Long's Division? Oh, he could do algebra and logarithms and trigonometry and the like. He was a wizard. But figures was his downfall. What is Nipper doing today? Seven years in the big house. <laughs> or what? Selling numbers. Good morning. <laughs> 
On the last program of the year, December 28, 1947, the Senator Titus Moody and Mrs. Nussbaum once again joined Fred Allen and Portland in a stroll through Allen's Alley. What is your question tonight? Well, as the old year comes to its uh, annual close, the newspapers always chronicle the outstanding sports and news events of the departed 12 months. And so our question tonight is, what in your estimation was the outstanding event or happening in 1947? Shall we go? As the two billiard balls said when they saw the cue stake coming, let's get rolling. Ah, uh, here we are in Allen's Alley, Porton. Say, the senator has a Christmas wreath nailed on his door. It's an old spare tire painted green with a red ribbon on it. Well, let's knock. Who, I say, who's jiggling my last? Oh, it's you, son. Well, Senator Clagg. Well, son, I've been busier than a nearsighted Mexican trying to pick up two pounds of jumping beans. <laughs> you know, uh, since Stassen demanded that list of grain traders, half of Washington's gone underground. You mean the grain? Politicians are flocking to cooperatives. Cooperatives? Yeah, they don't even want to be caught with a little corn in their shoes. <laughs> Well, confidentially, Senator, did you, uh, did you as man to man now, did you ever speculate in grain? Son, on my honor, hope to die, hope the cattle spit in my eye. <laughs> I ain't had nothing to do with grain since I sold my wild oats. Well, <laughs> how are things around the White House, Senator? Coming, son. Really? Margaret's back home, and yes. this week somebody sent a puppy to the president. The puppy was a Democrat. How could you tell that the little puppy was a Democrat? He had his eyes open. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can use that joke, son. I, I'm writing Harry's 1948 campaign speech. Well, I hope it goes better in the speech than it went tonight, Senator. <laughs> Harry may give it something, you know. <laughs> tell me, what is, uh, what, <laughs> what is the speech about? Well, the president's going to stop people from cutting down trees. Cutting down trees? Yeah, he don't want the Republicans stumping the country. <laughs> he don't what? want them stumping the country. I, 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 had the, I had the misfortune to have heard you the first time. <laughs> what? Uh, tell me, what are the Republicans doing about 1948, Senator? Well, they're calling in Ralph Edwards. Ralph Edwards? Yeah, he's putting on a big Republican contest. Republican contest? Who is Mr. Hush? Well, confidentially, who is Mr. Hush? Tom Dewey. So long, so sir. Come on, Eddie. Say, in all, in all the excitement, I forgot to ask the senator the question. Well, I'll ask Mr. Moody, I guess. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> Say, Mr. Moody, you, you sound a little hoarse. I know. I got a cold in the head. You too, huh? Well, how could you, how could you catch a cold in the head? I got a run in my stocking cap. <laughs> well... well before I cut the cat's tail off, I, I was catching cold all the time. You were catching cold on account of the cat's tail? How come? Well, when the winter's freezing cold... Yes? A short-tailed cat don't keep the door open so long coming into the house. <laughs> well, uh, tell me, Mr. Moody, what, in your estimation, was the outstanding event of 1947? Why, the big wind on March 12th. Well, how, how bad was the wind? I'll tell you. Oh, I wish you would. My wife, my wife, Labelia, yeah. was sitting in the yard milking. Uh-huh. The wind blew the cow clean out of my wife's hands. You mean your wife? My wife was left sitting there with her hands clenched over an empty pail. 
Jesus. Yeah, and then the wind went downtown. Did it do any damage down there? Why, it blew two old ladies across the street before Boy Scouts could help them. <laughs> and then the wind, it went into a sporting goods store. Uh-huh. It so happened that there was 40 moose calls laying on the counter. 40 moose calls, huh? Yeah, and the wind blew them 40 moose calls all to once. Uh-huh. It was the biggest moose call ever heard in Hoosick Falls. The biggest moose... The biggest moose call, hey? Well, what happened? Why, the Elks Clubhouse jumped off its foundation and come waddling down Main Street. <laughs> How long did the wind last? Oh... Kept blowing all night. All night? Uh, yeah. About midnight, it blew all the knobs off the outside doors. Yeah. I run out. I was fuming. Fuming, huh? I was in my pajamas. Did the wind rip off your pajamas? No, no. Just blew my top. So long, Buck. <laughs> Hi, this is too much for me. Let's, uh, let's see what can happen at this next door. Howdy, Chappie. Oh, Mrs. Nussbaum. Say, you have your overshoes on. I'm just coming back from the movies. Oh, the movies, eh? Radium City Music Hall. Radium City? <laughs> what, uh, what was the picture? Good news. Good news, huh? It is the life of Gabriel Heater. Okay. <laughs> Fine. And on the stage is Dancing Girls, the Ricketts. The Ricketts? <laughs> Well, Mrs. Nussbaum, what to you was the biggest thing in 1947? Without hesitating, I'm answering the new look. The new look, eh? But why they are calling it the new look, this to me is altogether confusing. You mean with those long skirts? Where is the look? There is nothing to see. <laughs> well, have you personally attempted the new look? When it is first coming out, I am surprising my husband, Pierre. Oh, good. What was your outfit? With a long, ravishing camel's hair ballerina skirt. Yes. I am wearing a raccoon peasant blouse. Yes. Puffing out with leg of mutton sleeves. I see. Over black, seamless nylons. Yes. Is peeking out rhinestone pantalettes. Peeking out. With cinnamon-colored gaiters. Gosh. With this, I am wearing open-toed moccasins. Yes. And overall... A baggy weasel cape. Yes. Caught at the neck with a Tootsie Roll. With a... <laughs> the ten cent size. The ten cent size. Sick. And for a staff, I am carrying a buffalo leg. A buffalo leg. <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? When I'm coming home, I'm saying, surprise, it is the new look. Well, what did your husband say? Pierre also was saying, new look. New look? New look for another husband. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and our salute to Fred Allen and Allen's Alley. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.